Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you once again for another Breaking Bad episode recap as we move into episode four of season three, Green Light. First aired on the 11th of April, 2010. It was written by Sam Catlin, directed by Scott Winant. And let's just say it's kind of better than last week, I guess. Um... Stuff happens in this episode, and it deserves to be talked about, and that is exactly what we're here to do on the Oz Network. My name is Ben, and don't hate me because I'm beautiful. My name is Nick, and I'm not going to lend my name to an inferior product. Well, get off the Oz Network. Come on. (laughs) Come on. Rob has a podcast. He's looking for a New Zealand correspondent. Quickly. Quickly. Um... Yeah, green light. I mean, I'll say it's got a better episode title than last week. That's always a positive. Um, I think, as we mentioned last week, I mean, it's this isn't a bad episode. It's just there's not a lot happening, I guess. Kind of stuff happens that actually does kind of advance the plot forward, I guess. But uh, we've got some funny stuff in this episode, I've got to say. There's a couple of scenes in this episode that get me quite uh, laughing, quite laughing. That's not a sentence that makes sense. But, yeah, green light, Nick. Have we got a green light to talk about it? I think it's cool, and I think there's some um, some like fun kind of um, camera angles. Not quite the right word, but like filming decisions, I suppose. Um, so yeah, I think it's a it's a fun episode to watch, even if it's not the most kind of action packed episode. Um, it does feel like this is this is kind of like our last foray into kind of set up for the season before things really start to take off in the next episode. So, um, you know, if, if you've, if you've maybe struggled with these last couple of episodes, I think there's still plenty to talk about, but um, it, it is about to, to all take off. And I think some of the setup that we're going to get in these, these episodes ending with this one, it will be worth it as we, as we kind of head into the rest of season three. Well, we're going to start off with Jesse getting gas, as in for his RV. Um, I, I, I'm confused with this. Why does Jesse not have money? Let's, I just want to ask that straight away. Like, is this meant to be something that just Jesse was in such a state when he went out to cook meth that he just he didn't bring money with him? Because this just seems weird that all of a sudden he goes into this gas station and he's like, I've got no money and I've got no card. Yeah, well, I guess it's a bit like him going out into the desert to cook for four days with, like, one bottle of water or something. Like, he's obviously a bit of a forgetful chap. But, yeah, it's not like he's short on a bit of cash right now, right? Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, is this meant to be set, like, just after he's seen done the cook in the last episode, do you know? Or is it kind of he's, he keeps going back out there or...? Well, I mean, he's made one batch, right? Like, when he gives it to, to Walt, as far as we're aware. So, yeah, you would kind of assume this is potentially on the way in or the way out whatever whatever it is um yeah i, I guess he you know like he's he's got meth with him so it's probably on the way 
back in afterwards, I suppose. We'll go with that. Um, Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yes, you would think he probably does have some, but I guess he's potentially left his giant bag of cash behind for the day. Well, he goes to pay for this myth. We meet uh, Cashier Girl, as Breaking Bad calls her. Her name's actually Kara. And essentially doesn't have money, but he's going to pay with drugs. And she's, I think, basically just in love with Jesse's blue eyes. And they are nice eyes, let's be honest. And uh, she's all like, oh, I smoke weed and all, but I've never done that. Isn't that stuff really addicting? And, I mean, I guess, like, she's going to drive the plot forward when we get to Hank. But, look, I've worked retail. If someone's offering me drugs, I'm just going to be like... Fuck off. Like, I'm calling the cops on you now. Like, I, I don't know, Nick, are you that gullible if somebody can't pay for their item? It does seem like a pretty dumb thing to do. But, um, yeah, she's obviously got the hots for GCA. Like, just does seem to really like him. Um, and, you know, like, what else has she got going on? Like, she's she's standing around with, like, giant jars of pickles and, <laughs> and, and like, pickle juice. Like, why are they so big, those jars? Is that, like, a thing in America? Yes. It is. I'm not even joking. Um, and you know Americans and their pickles. It's ridiculous. You order anything over there. You order, like, chicken and rice, they'll put a pickle on it. Like, it's just it, – it is insane the love of pickles they have in that country. And it did translate to Canada too, so I don't get it. So this is legitimately a thing you see, these giant jars of pickles. It's so gross. Um, but, but yeah, anyway, yeah. So, I mean, I think she's just probably just a bit bored more than anything um, and, you know, like wants to seem like she's cool in front of Jesse, really. That, that's well, who of wouldn't, though? Come on, Jesse's eyes are dreamy. You right, know exactly, I mean? exactly. Come on. And yeah. I, I, a special shout-out to Colin. I know he's listening. Pickles are disgusting. Stop eating them. Uh, you're Canadian, <laughs> all right? I know I said it translates into Canada, but you're not as wacky as those Americans. So just stop eating pickles and eat your poutine. That's what you need to do in your country. Um, but also I like the fact that there's, like, this cop just hovering around and it's just basically this drug deal happening going on there. Um, I like where we get to Saul's uh, office now. We've got this, like, guy with, like, a neck brace on and he's just basically like, oh, the discomfort. Let's let's go with this one. And then I just lost Saul, like, trying to speak Spanish and he's just like, oh, blah, 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 blah. cashier check. Uh, <laughs> this is the first time we get this whole, like, oh, if you know of anyone who, you know, even if this debris fallen on there. I should also mention the fact that Saul's just got this, like, crate filled with neck braces ready to go. Um, and I, I'm sure you were going to mention it, but I'm going to steal your thunder by mentioning his lovely fashion here. The the purple... I actually really like this purple shirt with kind of like this, what, grey suit pants and jacket and this green and purple tie. Um, sure. Um, Mike comes in. He's got a tape to play. And this is... You mentioned last episode how we kind of have a bit of the fallout finally between Walt and uh, Skylar. And because uh, I, I did, we did mention the other episode that the reason Mike was at his house that he was bugging their house, right? I think we did mention that. Um, so and they kind of Saul's like, "Is this a problem?" Uh, to which then uh, you hear Walt go, "I'm gonna go down and sh- put my face in him in his thing." I, I like Walt's like argument though, when he's just like, "Oh, you can screw the butcher, you can screw the mailman, screw whoever who you want." <laughs> like it's just, it's very much like you want to screw someone, you can screw someone right here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, this to me is like what you were talking about last episode about how it's kind of unintentionally funny that Walt's kind of like peeking through the curtains. This to me is unintentionally funny because what does he say like something about Ted? He's like, oh, but Ted Beneke, that guy is like, like, like Walt's speaking for everyone. That's exactly how people react to Ted Beneke. <laughs> yeah. Like if you want your wife to cheat on you, like, oh, you you cheated with blue-eyed Jesse. Oh, well, he is dreamy. Uh, not with a Ted Beneke. Ugh. 
Um, but it's just, I, and speaking of the funniness, this is one of these hilarious things. I love Walt storming into Benicky Fabrications and basically, I love kind of, he's like storming, you know, but he's already just kind of walks in casually. It's like, oh, Walter White for Ted Benicky, please. And we get our desk clerk back again. who's just like, oh, he's actually in a conference call. I can wait. Oh, it's going to be a long time. I have all the time in the world. And then I just love this whole sequence of like Ted being like, he's a little shitbag. This is Ted Benneke in a nutshell. Look at him hiding in his little office, little wimp. Um, I just love Walt. I just want to talk. I just want to talk. And he picks up this pot plant and he goes to throw it through the window. I just want to talk. And he's getting like dragged out. He's like, assholes, before Mike comes and uh, sweeps him away. Hilarious. This is the one where you were talking about, like, I've got your restraining order right here. Like, I was thinking this is the funniest scene, but no, you've sold me on the restraining order thing already. But this scene's great. Yeah, it's really, really funny. I mean, um, going back to to um, Saul's suit, I kind of, I don't know if you remember, kind of like the massive controversy at the time when um, when President Obama wore a tan suit. And I wonder if this was kind of like around the same time. Like, maybe we're just like, there's a bit of a tan suit craze going on um, at the time. Probably not, but uh, you know, it's worth trying to trying to jam that in there anyway. But um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I I do really love the scene, and it's just like you know, what Walt can spend probably about what is it like 15 seconds pretending to be calm before he just kind of like loses his shit and it's like picking up this massive pop plant. and i just love the kind of like you know the look on his face as kind of like skylar comes down the stairs and he's like what on earth are you doing and he's just like oh i'm just talking to ted you know like, yeah. just like, like it's just, <laughs> i'm just it's, talking to ted yeah, yeah. Look up. <laughs> so, yeah as if what he's doing is the most normal thing in the world um yeah it is it is so funny like he is just it, it, <laughs> like he's just got this massive pop one that is just too big and you're just like dragging it around like it's just it's just slightly too big to be kind of like used as this kind of projectile and then i also love like when he gets dragged outside and you know um you just see like mike like drive up in front of him and like just so easily take him out you know just like shove him in the car and drive off it is just so good i i then love this scene that comes afterwards this sort of uh intervention with Saul, Walt and Mike yeah. and basically Walt works out that his house was bugged and gets into a fight with Saul um, and I just love Saul's reaction is just like, um, you know, oh you just bought yourself a $10,000 suit or whatever he says and it's like, Walt's like, you're fired and I want all those things out of my house like Again, this episode is actually quite funny, the more that I talk about it out loud. But, um, I mean, God, that suit, I mean, for as weirdly attractive as that suit is, uh, do you know? Do we really think it's worth it? I just also like Mike just kind of sitting there just watching them fight. Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. just kind of like, mm, you know, typical Mike face. And then when we go back to Walt's house... And I love it when Mike's removing the the bug out, and Walt's just like, "Great in the stucco, thanks for that." <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like, "Remove all those things from my house." And is this where Mike's like, "These things cost like eight hundred dollars a pop or something like that?" And Mike kind of has a nice line of where he's just like, "Look, you know, sometimes it doesn't hurt to have somebody watching your back." Um, and then I love like as he's just kind of sitting in the car, and Walt's just like, "You can leave now." <laughs> Like, it's, I mean, it's meant to be played quite seriously, but, like, it's kind of, again, unintentionally funny, I think, and the fact that, you know, and, like, I think you mentioned uh, two episodes ago when Walt kind of comes across as, like, a bumbling buffoon. He's almost a bit of a bumbling buffoon all of a sudden here, too, because, like, I mean, he's sort of a, I, I, I don't know if it's appropriately 
correct to say in 2021 a bitch fight between Saul and uh, Walt in his office and just the way he's trying to throw the pot plan in and even just this stuff with Mike is quite funny but um yeah, may- maybe I'll uh, I'll also include the Carmen scene here because I quite oh, laugh God. at this. Yeah, like, <laughs> this is so weird. We mentioned, I think, at one point uh, last season, like, he's coming into Walt. Like, this is a bit weird. But basically, Walt's just sitting in his class and clearly he's not teaching anything. And so one of the students has gone out to get Carmen, the principal. I do love, if you actually look at the, the row of students, there's a kid sitting in the front row of this class. I swear he's about 42. Uh, he is not a <laughs> child. Like, I mean, they've, they've not done well with the extras in that one. But uh, Carmen comes in to get Walt and kind of has a conversation. It's like, hey, we're worried about you. What's going on? To which Walt tries to mack it on with Carmen, um, which I just love the way he kind of reacts to that. Um, And, like, can I say, I talked up the lawyer. I, I think, and I've talked up how I've fallen in love with Marie. I fucking love Carmen. And no, it's not because of the ass like an onion it makes me want to cry. Thanks for that, Dean Norris. Like, I just love her reaction here because, like, you know, if this is 2021, this is a much different reaction. You know, Walt's going to jail, basically. Hashtag me too. Whereas just Carmen's reaction is like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, just the way she does it. The, the, you're basically going to see him, like, in the next scene with his, you know, typical box carrying out after he's being fired. But I just also love Walt in the office where he's just trying to make, like, passing conversation with his dog. What is he like? Oh, this is a Scottish Terrier? He's like, oh, no, it's a such and such. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, just, that's, that's how, that's how I flirt. I just kind of, oh, you've got a dog, do you? <laughs> now come and kiss me on the couch. Um, I, I just, I feel like I'm all of a sudden talking myself up to liking this episode more than I came into it because, like, I just think this is all hilarious, all this stuff that's happening. It's, um, yeah, it is kind of weird. Like, one of the things that um, we probably should point out is, like, just going back to the, the debugging of the house scene is, like, when Mike drives away, there's this kind of chalk marking of, like, a scythe on the road, yeah. which I don't really understand because, like, who is that for? Like, they know where he lives now. Like, who is that for, like, somebody else to come? Like, maybe I've missed something that's going to come up in future episodes, but I don't remember this being a thing. And it's just like... Wh- we everybody who needs to know knows that they were at that house so like yeah i don't know i I just find that a bit of an odd thing but anyway um yeah i i do find this scene like like weird but also really funny and um like yeah like we we did we did toy with that idea of like does carmen kind of like have a thing for walt like and 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 you know we kind of talked it we framed it in that way not as if walt was chasing her but she was chasing him and it felt like a weird like surely not you know because like that why would that happen but like even just like the way she's kind of seated on this on this couch and you know like when they go into the office like that's an if you're having a serious conversation with an employee you kind of don't sit like that on a couch and even just the way the shot is kind of framed it's almost like that they are really really close to each other they're actually not but just the way that the camera angles kind of depicted is almost like that they are like super close which which would kind of you know um i guess imply a, a level of kind of um intimacy um between these two characters which we've obviously never seen before so like i don't think it's a a, you know obviously what walt does is totally inappropriate but i also don't think it's completely kind of like i I could see how he could interpret it slightly because of the adult adult stage that he's in please don't cancel me um i just i just like i I, like you're basically saying he was unfairly dismissed I'm Which, not I mean, saying, okay. I'm not. I'm, he, not he, I'm not saying she was. She was asking for it at all. I'm just saying, like, but like, he's he's a question though. Other way around, if like Walt was the principal and made a move and then fired her straight away, ah, sexual discrimination. <laughs> so come on, like, it's, it works both ways. Hashtag me too. 
Yeah, I just think it's quite the way that the shot is framed, and you know, like I think just kind of yeah, like yeah, just kind of like how close they kind of sit on a couch. Like if you're having a serious conversation with an employee, you don't kind of sit together on one couch. It feels like a weird way of kind of doing that. Um, and yeah, I just think if you go back and watch that scene, kind of the way that the kind of camera angles are set up, like like I, I think we're, we're meant to to feel like we're the Walt character and like the way that she is kind of interacting with him is kind of giving off signals, which she's obviously not. Um, but it's meant to imply, I think that kind of like we can see that Walt might think that in the, in the state that he's in um, and yeah. he's obviously not in a good state. So, um, so yeah, he, he's, he's wrong. Um, he's absolutely wrong. Um, but yeah, I, I think we're meant to feel like that, you know, that's kind of, um, yeah, that, that's what we're getting at. I'm going to shut up because I feel like I'm going to get myself in trouble. Well, I think you're also offending the whole state of New Mexico. It's not that bad of a state, Nick, just because he's not, <laughs> you think he's in a good state. But I mean, you know, I think New Mexico, I mean, you know, it's it's not Alabama. So no, true. Yeah, exactly. I also love the way it kind of this scene ends where you've got like Walt and he's just the facial expression. He's kind of like, Ugh, like he's like, shit. Like he's kind of just got this like look on his face. But um, like I think you sell that very well because like, again, I we interpreted that last season that Carmen's into him. And I mean, maybe I can just point out and say that like this is generally how I go with women that I think they're, you know, oh, there's a chance and all of a sudden, oh, shit, you know, like uh, no. And just don't worry, all the charges are still pending. Um, but I don't, there's a reason why people don't listen to us. The jokes really do fall flat. Um, so <laughs> Hank's getting dropped off at the Albuquerque airport. Uh, we know this is the Albuquerque airport because we have seen it before as seen in Breaking Bad. Um, and our favorite new character, Marie, uh, drops him off and, uh, you can tell the sort of, you know, she doesn't want him to go because she knows that clearly this has affected him, but Hank's being Hank and, He's basically selling this as, you want to go to Washington, then this is a, a big step towards that. Um, so, you know, suck it up. It won't be, won't be long. And as he goes to walk into the airport, he gets a phone call that Blue Meth has reappeared. So, Hank, he's like, great, excuse. So, he uh, gets into a taxi and basically uh, goes. Um, Walt, as we I mentioned before, kind of does the old cliche thing of leaving with a box of items. Like, it's kind of one of these things that, I mean, I've never been fired have I been fired? I mean, I guess I wasn't kept on somewhere. That's not the same as being fired, though. So, no, I've never been fired. But, I mean, it's one of these things, like, in TV shows and movies, like, my dad used to always say to me, like, oh, that's not true. Nobody will ever just literally say to you, you're fired and expect you to leave. I'm sure it has happened. But I, I don't know. Is this a thing that, like, legitimately people walk out with a box like this? Like, I've left jobs and I've had to go clear my desk, but I've never done the whole boxing i've just brought bags or something like that i don't know is this, do you do in new zealand nick how many times have you been fired yeah I, I i can't remember ever seeing this i think it would be like gross incompetence would would you know which i guess is potentially what we've just seen from walt um so potentially you, you could you could claim that but um yeah it, it's not something that happens frequently um in my part of the world um that you see on a regular basis um but yeah i think probably more common in the states maybe i don't know mm. maybe i'm making some assumptions there that i shouldn't but um but yeah i think it's probably something that and it's a little bit of a kind of um, a cliche isn't it of like somebody leaves with a box of stuff and that's how you know they've been fired which i mean again it's like i guess we're just being critical for being critical sake because there's a lot of things in tv shows and movies that they always do like i mean i always love it uh when 
you know, somebody's got to play an audio recording and it's always at the exact point or if there's a videotape, or turn on TV one, it's just exactly at the news that you want to be seeing at that point, you know, like if it wants to be super realistic, you're going to be sitting there for 15 minutes, go, okay, here it comes, here's the story, I oh, know there's an ad break, you know, kind of yeah, yeah. clearly a reason why they do it. Um, Walt's walking out though and Jesse's there. I kind of like this little moment where Jesse kind of waves and what does he say? Like, is this reason like, oh, you're being fired? And he's like, oh, just call it an extended break. Um, he puts uh, the box on top of Jesse's car and Jesse's here to basically say that uh, he's cooked. He's um, he's trying to get Walt back into the game, basically, but he's showing that he's cooked and Jesse's obviously quite proud of this and uh, it's showing that he, he's capable of doing it. Walt's disgusted, basically saying that, like, no, this is inferior. I love how kind of, like, Walt kind of calls him out and he's kind of like, did you use this instead? And Jesse's basically, you know, showing that he's clearly been listening to Walt and uh, has done all the right things with it all. Um, and this is another one of these things where I feel like it's kind of a 50-50 split, like whose side are you on? Because Walt's basically saying, this is my product, to which Jesse's like, well, no, I made this. Like, this is what I did. So it's kind of like, I can kind of see both people's sides here. I don't, I, I'm kind of in the middle. I'll get your opinion in just a second. But Walt doesn't want to meet with Gus, even though Jesse's asking for him to do it. And Jesse leaves, storms off in the car. And again, another unintentionally funny scene, the way Walt's like, wait, 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 wait. And his box of stuff goes everywhere and smashes all over the ground. So um, maybe I'll uh, just, no, actually, no, we'll, I won't lump the next stuff in because I feel like we'll bag it out more. So, um, yeah, yes. no, I, I, I do, yeah. I do like that little scene, like the the kind of camera angle, and it's obviously something that that Breaking Bad's known for is finding these um, kind of interesting ways of, um, you know, using using the camera to show things from a different perspective that you might not normally see. And so I like that kind of almost like GoProy type, you know, like scene from the car as you see the box fly off, and it's kind of cool because I think most people would have probably forgotten about the box on top of the car, and so it's like, oh yeah, that's right, um, which I think is quite cool um so i really like that yeah this interaction between um between walt and jesse is, is great and it kind of is is the setup there really and yeah i think you can definitely see both sides of it i think um you know like jesse and they are partners and that's the thing like and and walt doesn't want to accept that you know and he especially is unhappy because his side of the partnership is the making of the meth um jesse's side of the business is to kind of sell the meth you know and and so basically he feels like like jesse has kind of waded into his territory and i can totally see that so um like for me i think probably i can see walt's side more but i think actually the way that walt deals with it of course is completely inappropriate and and kind of pushes jesse away which which is, you know, that's what Walt does. So it's it's not a surprise. Um, so, so yeah, I think that's kind of where I come down on it is that I probably agree with Walt, but the way he handles it, of course, makes it a million times worse. Yeah, I see that. But I think kind of where I come at to from Jesse is like Jesse's kind of gone out of his way to, to do this and also show that he's listened to Walt and show yeah. that like he's actually taken something on board and he's quite proud of what he's done and, it's cl- it's close to closer to what Walt used to do. I mean, again, it's not like ninety nine, whatever it is for sure. It's a bit you know Walt's calling it out clearly all the flaws, but it's kind of it's like well, it's like that father son relationship where it's almost like nothing's ever good enough for you, Dad. Like no matter what I do, it's gonna you know you're gonna be disappointed. And it literally is father son here because that's where he kind of has that kind of he actually calls him son here, like, like in a colloquial way. You know, he's not calling like referring to him as his son, but he's gonna say, "Oh, you're good at lots of things, son." You know, like it's he is kind of you know using that terminology so so yeah i think that it's um it's it's totally an apt thing to talk about this kind of being a father-son relationship at this point and i think the important thing too with with jesse is that 
this season and kind of the storyline, we talked about how we've got really nothing to do, but it's still very engaging. But like, it's kind of, uh, it's how, I don't know how you put this without kind of spoiling stuff, but it's like, these are those sort of like almost final innocent days of Jesse. Like, and I'm, I'm he's not turning into Heisenberg. He's not, you know, doing what the, the transformation that Walt's doing, but you know, Jesse's going to get kicked around a fair bit still in this show. And it's kind of like, these are just sort of some of the times you appreciate kind of Jesse almost just being a good guy. I mean, I guess he's a guy who just cooked a bunch of meth. It's not good. But like at the same time, this is a show we're watching. So, you know, you kind of pass over the fact that this isn't a good thing. But I don't know. Like I, I again, just going on the Jesse character, I've always been a fan. I'm appreciating so much more on this rewatch. And just the subtlety, subtlety of just this innocence of Jesse here when he's just trying to do his best. Like you've always said he's a relatable character. And I think, you know, you've sympathized with him. And uh, yeah, I kind of come at it more that, uh, you know, I'm probably split down the middle with how I feel about whose side I'm on. But if I had to choose, maybe I'm going to sway more towards the Jesse side here. Yeah, and I mean, you do really feel for him of like, he feels like he's really got no other option, right? Like, this is the only thing he's ever excelled at and his life is kind of making this drug and selling it. And so even though he's clean, he's kind of stuck in a situation where he has to keep keep making it because that's the only thing he's ever really succeeded at. And that's that's kind of a sad thing to think about, really. Yeah, maybe it's just those dreamy blue eyes as well. Um, just <laughs> oh, they're they're amazing. Thanks, Cara, for pointing them out. Um, cool. Next scene, Skylar's in another copy room with uh, desk clerk, and then we get Skylar moans. It's not not as bad as Julia moans over a nip tuck. Um, that's that's one thing to say. And luckily, we don't actually see them actually having sex because I probably would have just turned off this episode. But you see, kind of a silhouette, I guess. Um, well, I think and- it's even worse than that. If like it's actually like the reflection of Skylar in the photo of Ted and his and his That's daughters, right. which is yes. which is really really on the nose. You know, like it's a really quite a, a horrible way of kind of depicting this. Um, so if you you know if you were kind of giving Skylar a pass before, it's become a whole lot harder when they kind of use that imagery to do it. Yeah, um, and then we just get this conversation where Ted what asks her to move in, and then basically he's questioning why you left. Like, what's Walt? And she's just like, I don't feel comfortable talking about it. Cool. So it's I mean, just like, like we- yeah, it's just like right in the middle of like we just talked about. This has actually been a surprisingly good episode, um, and and then like just comes to like a screeching halt every time Ted's on the screen. A eh? like it really, yeah, really does. It's like it's almost like they're going at like you talked about it last episode how it's like this isn't a show that kind of does these things of like oh the cliche wife stepping out and the husband or something like that like this is kind of just one of those ones where it's like oh remember Skylar we we should really feel sorry for her here she can't even talk to the guy that she's fucking like oh like boohoo like just no it's just no um i quite like this nick i love the interrogation i love this guy sort of uh i, I want to call him dave Grohl. uh like he's just oh, i love his he's just there. it's like his name definitely started with an m is it matt or is it mike he's like wait for it i'm losing it wait 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 ah oh, it's gone <laughs> <laughs> he's basically a guy they've pulled with the blue meth that he's trying to explain who he got the meth off. Um, oh, like, just random. I, I even love the random security guard in the background is kind of just shaking his head. Even he's going, oh, God, this guy's a pain in the ass. Um, 
this episode, the more I talk about it, it's actually getting better and better. It's like the Skyrim Like, it's weird how when you watch an episode and you feel like you're going a certain way, right? And then you start talking about it and you're able to, like, again, let's bring up that you want your thing right here. Like, I mean, again, I thought it was funny, but I didn't think it was as funny until, like, you explained it. Now that I'm talking about this out loud with someone, I'm appreciating this so much. Um, I'll just maybe cap it there where we've kind of got a, an interesting scene between Gomez and Hank. And sort of Gomez is there like, hey, like, man, like, you can talk to me about this. And sort of Hank, again, just ever the stubborn man is basically like, why do people keep asking me this? Like, you know, I've got this to do. Stop questioning me about it. Um, and then sort of gets into the elevator where I assume he had another panic attack. So, um, yeah, I mean, from funny to serious quite quickly. But this guy, this guy is amazing. Dave Grohl. Yeah, I kind of like, I, th- I thought of him as being like American Russell Brand, like that kind of look. <laughs> um, yeah, like he's, he's a great look. Like for somebody who's been interrogated for having drugs, he doesn't seem particularly like worried, does he? Like he's, he's quite laid back really. Um, and yeah, I, I actually really like the scene between Hank and, and Gomi because, you know, their relationship is so jokey-jokey that, you know, when Gomez is trying to actually have a serious conversation with him and, and Hank is, gets so defensive, you know, and actually starts taking it out on Gomi. And I, like, you know, Gomez is a, this kind of background character like you know like he's not an important part of the show but you, you kind of like you really enjoy seeing him on screen when he's there as we go along through the show and I don't like to see him kind of like getting pushed around simply because he's asked Hank you know I'm worried about you you know are you okay um, so that kind of just really hit me a little bit you know I just I felt really bad for the guy yeah no me too and it's like again just praise to Dean Norris because he sells his character really well. Like yeah. I, I like just the layers you get to this kind of almost like jokey comedic guy who like, I know, I know men like this. I know men who like, like clearly they act a certain way, but like, I can't imagine they don't have feelings and yet they struggle to talk about it because yeah. like, again, to play into stereotypes, it's kind of what men are sort of presented with. You're not meant to talk about your feelings. So um, I think he, he sells his character really well. And clearly all this stuff that he's faced is, is really affecting him and, He's going to have some heavy stuff affecting him soon in a couple of episodes as well. Um, so, yeah, it's um, – I mean, Dean Norris, again, just one of these actors that I think we all constantly talk about that needs a bit more praise. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree with that. Uh, so we've got now Jesse going to see Sol, uh, revealing that he cooked all this meth himself. Um, Jesse uh, wants to meet Gus, which – they do meet finally, don't they? Yeah, because I, I did that trivia fact for you that the only one Jesse, major character Jesse ever is on screen with is Walt Jr. Um, I actually watched a um, a video recently. It was like an Aaron Paul answers Breaking Bad theories. And one of the theories, somebody brought that up. It's like, you know, Jesse and Walt Jr. are never so, shown on screen together. And their theory was Walter Jr. and Jesse are the same person. <laughs> <laughs> like Fight Club. Oops, yeah, which, which which I do, I do love Aaron Paul's reactions to a lot of those things. Like it's actually really, really funny. Um, so this is this is where um, Mike meets Gus and the whole. The I think I mentioned it last week or the week before when sort of Gus refers to Soul as "What about the lawyer" or something like that. Which is again, I need to refresh my memory on Better Call Soul because I swear they meet, or maybe this is just some sort of passing line. Basically, Mike's got all sort of Walt's health issues and he's kind of showing that they're really keeping tabs a lot on uh, Walt here. And I guess the professionalism of Gus, like he's very careful who he does business with and, you know, for the type of guy he is and he's going to be, like clearly, you know, he's very careful with uh, how he does the business and sort of mentions here about uh, Jesse, essentially. Like Jesse wants to cook and 
obviously Gus is like, I don't deal with drug dealers. But uh, this is he then agrees to basically do the deal, which uh, we are going to find out clearly is um, going to lead somewhere with that. So uh, it's a nice scene. Like, is this, is this the first time we've got Mike and Gus in a scene together? I think it is, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And, uh, like, it's great little kind of um, facial kind of eye acting from um, from Gus, you know, like, uh, you know, we are kind of getting that, um, you know, Giancarlo Esposito, you know, like we're actually seeing his his real kind of acting chops starting to come in here of like he's formulating a plan on the on you know on the go here on the fly basically to be like well you know if I if I do this deal you know and half the money goes to Walt that's going to piss Jesse off um, and it's going to potentially push Walt back into into cooking which is ultimately what Gus wants um, so so yeah it's actually just a, a really cool little plan in order to to get what he wants and it's just like yeah I just really really kind of subtle facial acting which I, I always am a big fan of yeah me too and it's kind of it just Giancarlo Esposito again another great actor that we will talk up a lot and it's just kind of yeah, it's just a subdu- subdued nature that he always has to the Gus character. is just so good. And it's like when we're eventually going to get some of the stuff we get from him, it just because it comes out of nowhere. You're so used to this guy just kind of being so polite and nice. It's just all of a sudden when shit hits the fan, you're like, holy fuck, like this guy is just something else. Um, so Hank is driving around. He's got a list of names uh, crossing out, talking to people. Basically, I think they're all starting with M as well, aren't they? Um, and he's dodging phone calls. Uh, and then he goes to our gas station with Kara, talks up dreamy Jesse with the blue eyes and basically gives Hank the big old information that he drove an RV, a Winnebago. And I don't know the kind. Um, and we ultimately find out that the camera doesn't work. Actually, I will say, like, I, I like this Kara character. Like, it's kind of, I feel like we're always meant to think that she's just a bit dumb and naive and a bit, kind of a bit pathetic. Um, you know, she's obviously begging to not tell he, her dad and kind of almost like Hank here is almost like a bit sympathetic with her, you know. Um, Hank basically goes out to the car, sees the ATM. Uh, that's Jesse's bank. Uh, so if Jesse did have his card, uh, he, he might have been okay. Um, and then he works out that the there's a camera on the ATM. We get You talk about the great camera shots in this episode. There's kind of this POV shot from the ATM yeah, camera. Yeah, that's the one I was talking great. about. I, I really love it. I think it's just like, it's really, really cool because it's kind of yeah. just like goes to this black and white and it's kind of shrunk down to kind of half the screen. Yeah, I, I think it's just really cool. Really clever. And it's, even the fact that it's also in black and white, like yeah. it would be, I guess, on this camera as well. So just, just really smart camera work. Um, and I love the little line there where Hank goes, bingo, and then he just kind of walks off. So... Yeah, like again, Hank investigates. Yeah, like I just, yeah. I just love Hank on the trail of stuff. Like, I just want a spin-off of Hank and the DEA. Like, call it like DEA Albuquerque instead of like CSI or something like that. I just want. I mean, that seriously. I wonder if they ever thought about doing that as a spin-off because it would be worth it. I'd watch it. I think there's lots of avenues where you could have a spin-off in this world. You know, I think that the the world that they've created is so rich that you could take it in a lot of different like you know directions. So yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that they could think about for sure. I'm I'm literally about to Google this. How many times do they have breakfast on Breaking Bad? Because we're about to have another breakfast, and I really wish we had been counted. This this should have been something uh, that we we really should have been following up on. Screen Rant I, doc. If we weren't so lazy, I'd go back and, and watch from the start again and just and bring <laughs> us up to speed. But I am that lazy. You know, like I'm I'll, I'll watch the commentaries, I'll watch the documentaries, I'll buy the books. I'm not freaking watching this just to go and see breakfast scenes again. So, um, sorry, listeners, I don't care about you that much. Well, uh, I would say I do, but I'm kind of the same. I'm already liking to season four of my rewatch. So, um, okay, so I'm, I'm screenrant.com 
There is an article here. Breaking Bad, everything Walt Jr. ate for breakfast. Oh, okay. This is even more exciting. Uh, Walt Jr. appears in 53 of the 62 episodes. Um, and they give me a number here. There's a whole list. So, okay, let's quickly count these. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 times, apparently, according to this list. Uh, and for those playing at home, uh, he has in episode one, he scrambled eggs, veggie bacon, and tomato juice. In season one, episode two, pancakes, eggs, and bacon. Season one, episode five, toast, eggs, and orange juice. Season one, episode six, toast and fruit salad. Season two, episode four, pancakes, croissants, fruit salad, and a choice of orange and grapefruit juice. Season two, episode seven, a bowl of raisin bran cereal and orange juice. Season te- two, episode 10, bacon, eggs, toast in the first breakfast scene, and later in the family ate omelets and toast. And there's two in that episode, so add another one to that. Um... <laughs> Season 2, Episode 3, A Bowl of Cheerio Cereal. Season 3, Episode 1, A Waffle and Orange Juice. And in this one, it is Eggs and Fruit Salad. And I won't spoil all the other ones or all the great breakfast scenes that Walter Jr. has. Um, yeah, I just I just love this ongoing joke that Walt's having breakfast. All it, it, it does make me hungry, though. My diet basically does not allow for much for breakfast. So I don't really eat breakfast. But now all of a sudden... I want breakfast. Nick, is, is breakfast the most important meal of the day for you? The most important question I feel I'll ever ask you on the Oz Network. Um, nah. <laughs> nah. Not not really. Not really. It's, um, uh, yeah, it, it's not a, like, I guess apart from like on the weekend when I might go to a cafe, it's not, or, you know, like I, you know, I might be getting up to watch a football game or something. I might have a big breakfast, but generally it's kind of, uh, it might be a banana and a coffee is pretty standard or maybe like <laughs> porridge like that's about it it's about as exciting as it gets for me which we've talked constantly about the differences between our sort of cultural breakfast in this part of the world it's, it's so funny that generally whenever i call with colin that jamie will always bring him breakfast while we are recording so i feel that nick you need to be with danny or something one time and she can just bring your breakfast halfway through a recording like i mean right. it makes sense right yeah yeah that would be good We'll lock it in. We'll get her yeah. on to make sure she does that. This scene basically, though, is Junior talking about that donations have stopped to um, save waterwhite.com. I should have mentioned that before, really, that uh, kind of in the, the fight with Saul and uh, Walt before that he said that it's going to stop. He's not longer going to launder their money. Uh, I, I kind of like, uh, is it Walt when he's just kind of lazily eating his breakfast? Again, unintentionally funny. He's just like, well, I guess some people just lose interest. <laughs> kind of like, look, Skylar's just there. All, like, as much as I hate the Skylar stuff right now, I do kind of like boss Skylar just sitting there reading the paper she doesn't give a shit um it's kind of just funny so, just such an awkward tense like conversation and interaction between these three and uh, yeah it's it's not fun to watch i would say yeah but i uh, this is where walter jr's basically like, oh you know dad can look after holly and uh skylar's like we'll see because she's obviously been taking him to work how is she fucking ted with Ho- like is holly in the room every single know, time I, she I, fucks I, ted I, I don't want to think about that like it's that's just, fucked up yeah. skylar like, that yeah. child, I mean, we're talking about the spin-off happening in about five years' time because she'll be, like, 20 by then. But, like, I mean, she's already fucked up enough with what her dad does. Like, geez, I'd be more fucked up knowing that my mum's fucking Ted Benneke. Like, Jesus Christ. Um, Jesse meets Victor to get some money, basically, because he's gone through with this deal. But we find out that he's only got half of this, uh, this money. And, uh, you know, what's going on here? Uh, I I just want to say I like Victor. Like, he doesn't do much, but he's just kind of like, you kind of feel like he thinks he's a lot tougher than he actually is. 
uh, which I just kind of like that about his character. So, And having said that, the time of recording this and the time of releasing this, we may or may not have had the actor who plays Victor on the show. Uh, <laughs> sort of. I was at the time of recording this, we're in the process of it. Obviously, for the time of listening to it, you're like, Ben, that episode aired months ago. Uh, it's going to sound a bit weird. but uh, that's the, not the, just magic of, the magic of podcasting. Yes, you would think I would just edit this out and go, Atlanta Falcons, but I am too lazy, kind of as Nick said before. Um, but, yeah, Victor drives off and basically, uh, yeah, we're going to find out that Walt's going to get the extra part of that. Um, I'll maybe just lump here Hank in his uh, Hawaiian shirt talking to uh, the, the boss of the DA guy here and essentially he's talking up uh, this ATM, the camera, uh, you know, that they're going to find out what's happening. He's all cocky and like, we're getting close here. And essentially the DA boss is like, look, you're not listening to me. They need you in El Paso. Like, this isn't a question. You're on a plane tonight. Yes or no. And again, like Dean Norris is acting just kind of just, just the way he just kind of just like, no, like you just, you feel so bad for this guy. Don't you? Like you just feel absolutely horrible. Even though like he's so on top of it, he's found this RV. He's finally kind of got pictorial evidence of this. He can connect it all together, but he's just so torn with uh, the trauma that he's suffering. But uh, yeah, it's like you kind of go from like Jesse to an underpass. It's a decent scene. I feel like I've undersold it. Like it's kind of sinister with the shadowy sort of camera work that they've got. It's really, really good to just Dean Norris knocking it out of the park once again for such a start. And even when he walks out and kind of doesn't say anything, all his work colleagues are just kind of there and thereabouts. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a strong little sequence here of uh, scenes. Yeah, I think it's good. I think the, the Jesse stuff is is fun, you know, like, and, and I think that's something that's going to get picked up on later on, as opposed to this particular episode. It's just kind of setting up what we'll get in the last scene of this of this episode. Um, but yeah, I think the Hank stuff is is really great, and it's like, you know, Hank's forced to make a decision here. You know, like it's either we're going to El Paso. Um, it's a kind of a fork in the road moment for him, really, of like I can go this way, and seeing like you know, without spoiling anything, you know, what whatever happens to hank throughout the rest of the show there's an alternate reality where he goes to el paso in this moment and you know and, and things you know uh, he has a different kind of story as a result so it's just it's just an interesting kind of um i guess sliding doors moment here where hank could have kind of dealt with his fears and 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 kind of gone somewhere else and done something different and and obviously this is not where this show is going to go but it's interesting to think about that you know of um you know what what may have happened in that world so yeah i i just think it's it's a really important moment for the kind of hank character um and probably a little bit underrated it's you know this is not this is absolutely not something we're going to be talking about as a top five but i think it is one of those ones that are really important for this particular character and you know hank is an important but not absolute primary character and sometimes you, you forget those important moments for him because a lot of it's kind of lost in jokes or, or silly things that he says. So, yeah, it, it's a good scene. I enjoy it. I'll argue that there probably will be one scene of this season with uh, a Hank-centric scene, which will probably make our top five. But uh, I think this scene would make the top five if he goes, you want your El Paso, your El Paso's right here! <laughs> <laughs> That would make the top five, wouldn't it? Um, before I get to this final scene, I've just scrolled to the bottom of Breaking Bad Wiki just to look for the song name that we're about to have in this scene. But uh, I didn't realise that they actually have uh, a list of filming locations. So, Nick, if you and I ever do a bro trip to Albuquerque, I feel like we can, like, literally just... We, we'll do the tour, but we can do our self-guided tour and just kind of go to... Like, they literally give you the addresses of these places. So Yeah, and we go and throw pizzas cool. on the roof. Absolutely. I'm definitely doing that. That's I mean, come on. Like, I'm warning you, owner of that house. Like, I don't get sick of it, but, you know. It'll be an, an Oz Network branded pizza. 
maybe we will get arrested for it and we will make the news. Like, that's why we call Tom Cruise gay on this podcast, because if he listens and hears that, he'll sue us, and then we'll be the poor little podcast that got sued by Hollywood superstar Tom Cruise, and we'll get listeners. So it's it's all a secret ploy to, to get attention. So yeah. we're, we're, we're smart that way. Um, but the last scene... Uh, Walt's driving around. He's not in the desert this time around, and he's not singing uh, "America Horse with No Name." But he hears the news, and this is—it's interesting how I sort of said about how like the whole plane crash story doesn't really go anywhere. But like, I do kind of like the remnants of like. I think this, from memory, this is the last time outside of the ribbons being worn that this is ever mentioned. But you do hear on the radio that um, Jane's dad uh, has been admitted to hospital with a self-inflicted gunshot wound. So uh, I, I do love the reporting in America that uh, they, they report that because that on a sidebar, it was a very big talking point when I was working in New Zealand that the New Zealand uh, people I worked with question the Australian media because Australian media does not mention when a suicide is. Like, we will not refer to that in any news story. You know it's a suicide, though, generally, because they will have at the bottom of the article, if you are suffering mental health issues, call Lifeline. So it's like, okay, well, clearly that person killed themselves with suicide. But, like, they they will never mention it. And I had people in New Zealand, what is with you Aussies and not mentioning suicide? And I was like, okay. But here in the American media, pff, he just shot himself. He's gone to hospital. Yeah. But And we never, yeah, from memory, like, this is all we, it's left it open-ended, which I guess in a weird way is kind of okay, is it? Yeah, I think so. I'm a, I mean, it's kind of, it is left a little bit open-ended. And, I mean, I'm not somebody that desperately kind of needs to have everything answered for me. You know, like, I'm quite happy to leave this slightly ambiguous. It doesn't really worry me too much. But I do like that we kind of just get a bit of a callback to it, you know, that um, it's just a reminder to Walt, you know, that everything he does has these consequences and, and he's not always in control of those consequences. You know, that's kind of the big thing for me is that he does things and then how they are perceived or, or what happens to them after he's out of it becomes out of his control. Um, yeah. And, and, and yeah, I, I just really like that point that kind of keeps coming up again and again. And I like and I like I feel like backtracking a little bit by sort of making my criticism of last season, saying it doesn't really go anywhere. Like, okay, admittedly, on the overall scheme of things, it's you're not going to be thinking about this in season five. But like, I will say I, I'll take it back to a point where I like the fact that we almost get closure to this. That like yeah. we get this level of like they could have just left this. We saw the news article, cool, he got caught. But like, I like the fact that you've got this. Well, you know what happens to him. Like, even if this was, he's gone to jail, he's been sentenced today. But like, it's that shocking nature because you just see that reaction from Walt when he's kind of like, oh, fuck, and he changes the, the channel. So, yeah, I, like, that's what I think this show does so well is that, like, it's easy to nitpick things, but then if you actually kind of go into it, it's, it's kind of like what we talk about over in our loss coverage. Like, everyone bags out lost for having so many unanswered questions and doing that. And, like, it does. But there's so many more answers than people ever give the show credit for. So, um, yeah, I think that this is just one of those random little moments, which is good for the the overall story. Um, but this scene, basically, Walt's at a, a red light. He's uh, sitting there. Now he's listening to, uh, I thought it was Perry Como, but it's not. It's uh, Buddy Stewart, often confused, Perry Como and Buddy Stewart. The song is called In the Valley of the Sun. Um, and we hear a car kind of screech behind him. And then we see it's Victor, throws a bag of money at him and drives off. I also like the fact that you see he's gotten his windshield replaced and you see like the blue little uh, sticky yeah. things on it. Uh, then he gets honked at because it's a green light. 
It's the name of the episode, and then he drives off. And this has obviously come to complete surprise to Walt because he's like, why the hell am I getting given a bag of money? I wish this happened to me when I pulled up to a red light. The random guy throws a bag of money at me. Yeah. We don't need to go to Albuquerque, Nick. This is a land of opportunity, I see. Uh, but, yeah, it's an interesting way to end the episode because ultimately we're going to be like, oh, what's this going to lead Walt to do moving forward? Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, obviously, this is where the, the the episode title comes from, is this whole thing here, you know, of like, you know, as Walt sits in the car, gawking at the cash, the car behind him honks the horn to signal that the traffic light has turned green. The universe, it seems, has given him the go-ahead to cook meth again. You know, that's kind of what's coming straight out of the, the, the Breaking Bad official guide. So, um, so, yeah, I think probably this is kind of marks the end of the first part of the season, I think, and we can move into into the next part, really. That is a very in-depth analysis. I like that you've got that book and it explains it. So, yes, uh, very good to me. Um, Trivia. Do we have anything exciting here? Um, Yeah, we've mentioned about Donald Margolis' suicide attempt. Um, Yeah, nothing really here that I think there's a massively amazing... Um, okay, what are we going to do with this episode? I will say that uh, The Ringer has this at 56 out of 62. They have this like 14 spots lower than last week. This is a much better episode than last week. Wow. The Ringer, I'm losing some respect for you. Um, this is their lowest, no, second lowest ranked season three episode. Uh, next week is one spot lower. And 57th. So this is the second worst episode of season three, according to theringer.com. Um, but Nick, I'm going to start with you. What are you What are you doing with this episode? Well, I'm, I'm just going to um, quickly jump back because there is a couple of little interesting bits of trivia before I do um, oh. rank this episode. And one I is clearly that the, can't read very well. Well, the one that the, the ATM that's used in this episode is apparently the same one that was used to kill Spooge. Um, and apparently, this is according to IMDb. It says you can see the red blood on the bottom of the ATM in the scene. Um, oh. So I don't know if it's meant to be like in universe this is actually the same atm or whether like it's a bit of a joke to like to yeah like, yeah whether it's a joke to the audience of like oh this is the same one and we've left the blood on there because yeah like why on earth would you why on earth would you reinstall it and not clean the blood off but anyway um and the other one that's quite interesting is that that gas station um, where that where all that stuff happens with Jesse and with and with Hank and stuff was also um, in the movie Paul, um, the alien movie. Oh, the alien some, one, Paul. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, yep. yeah. So yeah, just an interesting little bit of trivia there. Um, but yeah, back, back to the the point at hand. It's really interesting because like you know when I wa- when I watch these episodes, I kind of then go to my little spreadsheet, pretty much not maybe straight away, maybe the next day or whatever, and and just chuck them in and you know like my very initial thoughts on what it's going to be and um this was i had this at 21 and it was a rent um and i and i look now i'm looking at what's above it and what's directly above it is season two episode four down which exactly the same thing happened i had that as a rent as we talked about it i then moved it up to being a buy um just because i've just found more to like about it um i'm actually gonna do the same with this one because i think this is a better episode than season two episode four um so it's actually going to slot up a spot and be number 20 so it's going to sit inside the top 20 only just um i think it's right at the bottom of the buy category for me but i think there's enough in here um to, to really enjoy i think there's some some cool scenes that you can you can really get behind um and yeah i just i, I think there's a good mix of kind of funny but also I, I just want to kind of like just give a little bit of credit to Dean Norris and kind of the Hank story because we're not always going to get time to to 
do that stuff. It's going to be more about Walt. And so I think there is some really good stuff here that I really like. And when I think back on, you know, last episode and we had all the stuff in, in terms of the bar fight, I just, I hated it because it just felt like it had really no context behind it. And it just felt like it was a bit shoehorned in. And this feels just a bit more real that, you know, like he's got a good friend that's going to approach him and say, hey, you're all right. And he's going to blow him off and be defensive. And and that feels more real to me. So, um, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe my love of the show is, is affecting me a little bit and I'm, I'm letting this episode off the hook a little bit but I, I do enjoy it enough to move it from what was initially a rent in my own head to to now a buy and actually move it up even a slot on my own list to, so it's number 20 you know we are smart cookies because um, I've literally basically done the same thing I came into this thinking it was going to be a, a rent and like I, I don't often mark them down beforehand because sometimes, yeah, like I, I do sometimes, but often I like to wait to the conversation and it's for reasons like this because, you know, I feel that there are definitely episodes where I'll come into a guy, this is a great episode, you know, I'm going to put it here or, you know, this is a, a shit episode, I'm going to put it here. Whereas like this was one where I was kind of like, okay, this, but then ultimately talking about this episode has made it a much better episode for me. Like it just, yeah, I appreciate it a lot more, which is weird. It's so weird that that is, can be a thing. Um, so I'm buying it, uh, but I have got this as my lowest buy. I've got this at 19th. So uh, I've got this just below uh, the premiere episode of this season, No Mass, uh, and just above my first rent, which was Breakage. So yeah, it's I, I, we're smart cookies because we can converse and then we can work out that uh, we're maybe idiots from just jumping to conclusions, which makes me really um, scared for episode 10 of this season. So Because um, <laughs> I, I definitely have a very firm viewpoint having watched that recently about how I'm going to feel, but... <laughs> Maybe it goes the other way and maybe it's – I will say this right now to Collins and everyone else listening that like just in the lead up to episode 10 and maybe we'll remind you on episode 9, like watch it and then just read the amount of articles and the videos on YouTube because like it is the most divisive episode, maybe not of just Breaking Bad but of television. It's like it's, it's such an interesting episode and the weird thing is, and I'll spoil this right now, is that I can see both sides to the argument but – I'm firmly on one side of them. <laughs> I'm like, I see one side, what they're trying to say. I'm like, I, I, it's, it's like Die Another Day. I know it's shit. I know it is a terrible movie. But I can look past the shitness of it and love it and appreciate for the shitness that it is. Kind of like the Oz Network. So, you know, Nick, you've got that. You're from New Zealand. You're from like the country, the Die Another Day of countries. Like everyone knows it's shit. <laughs> no one likes it, but people can appreciate the shitness because you feel Lord of the Rings there, right? <laughs> yeah, that's that's rough. That, I, um, <laughs> oh, I've offended him. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Because um, you know, it's it's where it's where Lord of the Rings was filmed, and it's not part of Australia. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, I'm I, I yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to getting there. We're actually not that far away from from talking about it. But um, as I kind of you know said a little bit before, I think this is kind of a natural kind of end point to the first act, I guess, of the season, and we're going to kind of move into the next one. And I think like the tension on the next episode is great I th- um, you know and there's a bit of a passing of the guard on the next episode as well um, so it's, it's a great kind of start to, to kind of things really intensifying as we move forwards over the next few episodes and, and this is kind of where it starts and and you know like I think we kind of talk about episode titles and No Mass was the, the episode title of, of number one which means no more and now we've got Mass which obviously means more so things have now changed um, so yeah read into that what you will as we kind of move forwards but yeah that, that tension might come to a bit of a screaming hold at episode 10 there's kind of no way around that regardless 
or what you think about it. It's um, it, it's definitely a slower episode. <laughs> but it's, I mean, the story behind why they did episode ten is just it's unique. Like I don't think I've ever heard a TV show having to do that. Like, I, okay, that's not true. Like I have, but I think it's 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 fascinating. And again, the director of that episode, yeah, uh, sliding doors moments you talk about, Nick. <laughs> Star Wars was never the same again, thanks to episode 10 of Breaking Bad. Um, next week, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I mean, we get introduced to a pretty prominent location uh, in the next episode, so uh, that will be interesting. Uh, and, yeah, I, I'm glad that one of us learnt to speak Spanish before we started doing the Breaking Bad episodes. That's all I can say. I didn't learn Spanish. All I learned was how to turn the subtitles on, that's all. <laughs> Clearly, I haven't gotten that far. Um, <laughs> yep. Uh, so, actually, I've just I've read my notes here. Clearly, I pay attention to my notes. One question I want to quickly ask. When um, they have Walt uh, after smashing the stuff with Ted, and is it Saul or Mike turned around and said, like, you know, you weren't thinking you could have been arrested. He was arrested, like, two episodes ago, and yet they weren't concerned about that. Is that because they didn't know? Like... <laughs> Well, I, I guess mean, they didn't. They well, they hadn't bugged his car. They'd only bugged his house, I suppose. And true. he hadn't. He hadn't quite. And that's interesting. Like when you think about that, you know, when he gets arrested by um, by that cop, it's like he doesn't call Saul. He calls Hank at that point, you know. And so, I I think that's an, an interesting thing to talk about that maybe we we missed at that point. Um, but yeah, it's um, it, it is interesting that yeah, his first call was was to Hank. You better call Hank. Coming soon to <laughs> AMC. Uh, but we'll be back next week for Mass. Uh, if you like our Breaking Bad episodes, our 24 episodes are just as good, if not a little bit funnier, because Colin's on the line, and we know that Canadians are a lot more funny than those Kiwis. Uh, also, our movie recaps. <laughs> straight on. Yeah, it's true, actually. Um, I don't know, Flight of the Concords versus... I've never watched Shit's Creek, so I can't exactly comment on that. But uh, I'm trying to think of classic Canadian comedies. Porky's? I've never seen Porky's. Well, Mike um, Myers, isn't he Canadian? Oh, Mike Myers is a pretty funny guy. William Shatner mm. is pretty funny. So, Michael J. Fox. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, it's a tough one there. Brett and Jermaine versus Michael J. Fox. I don't know. Well, that's our viewer poll for the week this week on the Oz Network. <laughs> um, but uh, you'll hear how to like, subscribe, all the fun stuff at the end here, Patreon, all that goodness there. But we appreciate your time and we hope you're enjoying what we are bringing you today. My name is Ben, and you just bought a $300 podcast, psycho! And my name's Nick, and um, aren't you the answer, man? Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time.
Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. <laughs>